0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Kieran Tierney and Andy Robertson both out for Scotland tomorrow With Callum McGregor captaining the team Matt Polster talks to us about breaking into the Rangers side And we're asking what's the closest you've ever come to applauding the opposition I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Jim Duffy and Mark Weedy Yeah and do you agree with Alec McLeish's decision to give uh, the captaincy to Callum McGregor And on the domestic front as Celtic edge towards eight in a row Should Neil Lennon be given the job now And across the city At Rangers Can Rangers find the financial muscle To give Steve and Gerrard The squad overhaul That he says that he needs to stop Celtic From winning the title next season Jim Duffy were less than 24 hours away In fact by the time we come on here tomorrow The Scotland game in Kazakhstan will be done It will be finished mm-hmm. It's 3 o'clock kickoff our time So this is a huge couple of days And of course What's been going on domestically So big that that's still on everyone's mind as well yeah, it is, but uh, I hope that, you know, we can't wait the game because if it takes any longer, we'll not have any players left. You know, either players retiring, um, you know, uh, protecting themselves from injury, you know, or, you know, uh, you know their clubs suggesting that, you know, they've, they've got issues, uh, or just players withdrawing, you know. So, you know, Alec McLeish certainly doesn't have his troubles to seek. You know, there's an awful lot of players who I think would have been starting in a starting lineup, uh, not available. Uh, and it's a crucial match, you know, away to Kazakhstan. I mean, the San Marino one, you know, no disrespect, we should be able to take care of that one. But uh, on the artificial surface at Kazakhstan, I think we, you know, we, I still think we should be good enough to win the game, but it would be in a lot healthier position if we had the number of players available. 01419511025. That is the number you need, so let's hear from you right now. And if you would rather tweet, we are at Clyde SSB. Whatever's on your mind, international football, domestic football. Let us know and we'll get through as much of it as we possibly can. Don't forget about later on tonight, your chance to win £500 with the Stove Centre Glasgow. It's story time. YouTube, as we're calling it, Jim Duffy. <laughs> you won't have heard this yet. But I, heard, Mark, I heard that. I heard you discussing it a little bit. Mark Guidi, I showed you in the office I and it's, it. it's, it's worth the wait, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. Actually, he's, in, he's in great form, the shugster, to be fair. Great form, a great idea. Honestly, we'll get to that a bit later on. But in the meantime, come on, let's do it. 01419511025. This is going to be your last chance to have your say on Scotland The game will be done by the time we come on tomorrow night So here are the questions Who should play tomorrow? Who shouldn't play? Who should lead the line? What do you make of the decision to give Callum McGregor the captaincy? And uh, who plays left back? Because all of a sudden, we don't have any We have two very good ones in Andy Robertson and Kieran Tierney Both injured How do we solve that problem? You tell us So, short on left backs uh, Alex McLeish was already without Andy Robertson We told you that yesterday Kieran Tierney breaking news today He will miss out due to a hip problem A pelvic problem after playing through the pain for Celtic on Sunday Scotland boss though is confident that they can cope We're pretty well covered uh, in that position It, it is um, disappointing to lose our captain Andy Robertson And uh, also Kieran You know, it's, it's really bad luck Because they are two fantastic players um, But we are... Uh, lucky to have a player of Graham Shinney's quality who can slot in in different positions. I don't want to uh, give you my team at this moment in time, but um, he's certainly a candidate. These are things you can't control. And we we have great faith in our medical team. And uh, we won't take a risk with any of the club's players. 
Um, we don't know if Kieran will be okay for the San Marino game. First things first, we're going to concentrate on on this very important game, and we 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 believe that the players that we have at our disposal are capable of, of doing a good job. Right, come on then, you pick the team for us on the phones or on Twitter, 01419511025. Let's do it. Um, no Tierney or Robertson, which is far from ideal, Mark Weedy. Is it as simple as slotting Graham Shinney there? A, a position he clearly knows well, um, but he doesn't play there a- anymore, doesn't play there very often. No, no, that, and that, you'd have to say that's not his best position, but perhaps needs must. Although Palmer, Sheffield Wednesday, has been slotting in there. In a few games But you know All of a sudden We, we talk about having two World class players You know Playing play at the highest level Now we've got none I've gone from having In my opinion A world class goalie To now probably giving Scott Bain His international debut um, After losing Alan McGregor uh, Scott McKenna Might not be fit Let's hope that he is Because What do we do If I've not got Scott McKenna You've already lost Charlie Mulgrew Etc. Etc. So all of a sudden, you know, ten days ago, when you're thinking, we think, well, no bad, but right away we've got major problems in the back four. Mm-hmm. With the great suspect to Scott Plain, we've got a rookie goalie. Albeit, I think he'll be okay. Middle to front, we're fine. You know, because you've got McTominay, McGregor, Forrest, Buck, McBurney, etc. Um, etc. Et McNulty in form uh, for Hibs. So we've got decent options middle to front, but at the back, considering the away from home, Ash a tough pitch, time difference, opening game. Uh, you know, you, you would have serious concerns about us being able to keep a clean sheet. Who plays left back, Jim Duffy? Yeah, again, uh, I'm with you. I think Shinny's probably the obvious one. He could he could go three to bat again, and uh, you know play with the wing backs, and uh, you know maybe maybe that's uh, is an option for him. But as Matt says, we, you know we've got so many players missing. But like any manager, though, you've got to focus on who you have available. Yeah. That's the bottom line. There's nothing you can do about it. Everyone can have their opinion on it. Of course, well, some of the callers tonight will have their opinion on. Maybe reasons or you know situations, but nevertheless, likes of Fletcher and obviously Lee Griffiths have been out for personal reasons, out for Celtic, and he would have been another player that would have been in the squad or these kind of things. But we've got to focus on who we have available. And as Mark said, we've got some decent midfield players, we've got some decent front players. You know, Kazakhstan are not a free-flowing football inside; they're not a prolific goal-scoring side. So, I think as long as we get, you know, we keep our concentration. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we we shouldn't be under an enormous amount of pressure from Kazakhstan. I mean, it's a difficult match, an awkward match, but they're, they're, let's be honest, I think they won one match of the uh, the group. You know, the 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 other um, the European Championships. You know, the the World Cup. But they're not they're not a great side by any stretch of the imagination. So I still think we we've got enough to cope hmm. with that game. I mean, Liam Palmer from Sheffield Wednesday, a player that maybe not everyone knows. He, he is a right back, but he's actually recently been filling in at left back, back for Sheffield Wednesday. Whether that's an option, and I had to say, Mark Weary, I love the stories in this morning's newspapers. This is you know, the breaking news from Liam Palmer is. <laughs> by the way, see how everybody says my dad's Carlton Palmer. <laughs> it's not. No. By the way, my dad's called Terry. There's a fate on deck. I don't know how that happens, where he has to he has to publicly come out and say that's not who my dad is. That that, but, that one story is worth the trip to Astana. <laughs> <laughs> on its own for sure So there we go Right 01419511025 Let's get stuck in with James in East Kilbride Hi James Hi guys how you doing you alright? Not too bad Hi, what's your point? Hi James Good always hate to uh, start the night on a, on a downer But you know <laughs> Typical Scotland fans I think we need to um, Two points Main points really um, The first one is Just the general point about 
you know, Scotland players either backing out, as you said at the start, Gordon, through retirement or through injury, protecting themselves. It's happening far too often. Um, and I know we can look at it and say, well, it's for genuine reasons. But, you know, is it really? You know, Robertson kind of not joining the squad because of an abscess. You know, can we really believe, you know, that's a, a bad enough cause for him not to be part of the squad? Players, again, no one to put on the jersey. They'd rather retire for Scotland or they'd rather protect themselves. I just don't feel as if, you know, on that point, pulling on the Scotland jersey for these guys now is what it was in the, you know, 80s or let's even say the 90s as well. Uh, I know it's hard, it's easy for me to say that, not being a professional football player, but, you know, if I was a professional football player, you know, would I rather pull on a Scotland jersey or would I rather protect myself, protect my, my body? And maybe going of a you know a week's holiday, you know I don't think playing for Scotland is what it is, and I think it's shown with these guys pulling out or with the squad. And as you say, Gordon, you know these guys are coming in. Unless you follow the English league or the English you know championship, you know you don't know who these guys are and how good they are. And looking at the Scotland squad, you know I just struggle to see anybody that you know again it's that standout. Player, you know, we've got players that are good, but there's no. I mean, look at the upfront positions for us. You know, centre forward in particular. I just struggle to see, you know, where a prolific goal scorer will and you know if ever come in for us. Mm. You know, that's really a kind of general. I, I kind of put the two points into one. Yeah. So I'll leave that with you. I think. Overall, listen, James, James might be right When you do start to go through it case by case I think in particular Andy Robertson Can we absolve him from a bit of I mean, he, he was trying to get yeah. to Kazakhstan in his Gordon, own Gordon, I think to be honest So that, so that a theme doesn't develop you know, We need to nail that one James, 100% We can all say That Andy Robertson Is desperate to play for Scotland He's a captain He is not He was told not Madden. to fly, wasn't so, he? Yeah, so medically. listen, let, let's nail that There is nothing untoward about Andy Robertson It is a 100% Genuine injury He is not allowed to travel But make no mistake I think he'll be in San Marino On Sunday For sure But let, let's nail that You know Andy Robertson Is 100% committed mm. Yeah well, But listen You can see why James And other people Are going to take The, the overall picture mm. Into account Jim Because you, you can't List everyone off And, and, and agree with everything I mean no. you've got You've got Ryan Fraser Who's not able to play On the plastic pitch That's, yeah. at, the, that's at the request Of his club So mm. fine We're not saying We're blaming the player But it's another yeah. situation That you think you know, can we not find some sort of solution to that? Stephen Fletcher is not fit enough mm-hmm. to play with the squad, but has since played twice for Sheffield mm-hmm. Wednesday. Yeah. So it's no wonder that people are jumping to these conclusions, even if on some of the case by case examples, mm-hmm. there there is a decent defence, if you like. Yeah, I mean, listen, there, there are manageable, um, you know, injuries if you want to call it that. So if someone's susceptible to hamstrings, for instance, you know, they might have to rest a couple of days a week. They can't train every day of the week, or they don't. The, you know they prefer to play not in the artificial pitches because it does uh, there's, there's a, a bit more impact and it can tighten the muscles up. So clubs may well insist you know that they don't want that to happen. You know I'm still you know a little bit sceptical as some of the situations I said before. I think that it's up to the clubs to really um, you know notify um, you know Alice McLeish or the SFA and say listen you know under no circumstances do we want our players playing artificial and 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 then there has to be some sort of re- medical reason to back that up you know why mm. why wouldn't you I, I, I mean I, I see obviously earlier on that Trent Alexander-Arnold had pulled out the England squad with a back injury right again they went there but I can't remember too many occasions where that happens from from England's point of view you know the clubs saying oh we don't want our player to play and England have played in artificial pitches at times as well you know 
um, because some of the European teams have them, like Kazakhstan, like Sam, uh, you know, San Marino, I think was the other one. Is, Lithuania, uh, Lithuania. Yeah. There's, a, there's a couple of them, yeah. you know, dotted around. So it's, it's one of those situations where I think it should be clarified from the clubs at the start of any campaign. Listen, if you do happen to play on an artificial pitch, we prefer our players mm. not to be involved. Then everybody knows that's the case. The club, that's the club. The club pay their wages. They're contracted to the club. Our medical team are saying this is not, you know, yeah. for us. So I understand that. But in the last minute, you know, the very last minute, people kind of coming out and saying, "Oh well, listen, he's got a, a bit of a strain, mm. a bit of a, a bit of a tightness." That, that that I suppose does frustrate fans, and also listen. More importantly, frustrates Alan McLeish because he must have had plans in his head with with these guys in mind. So his plans have been completely disrupted. Well, but James's other point, Mark, does up front continue to be a, a bit of a concern? Lee Griffiths well documented his yeah. personal problems, yeah. so he's not there. Stephen Fletcher, who actually led the line very well mm-hmm. towards the end mm-hmm. of the Nations League, so he people were, were were enjoying his performances. Mm-hmm. He's not there either. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, Stephen Fletcher, if you like, was a find again because we kind of forgotten about when Rilde Mountain came back in and showed what a top class striker is. But yeah, we don't have anybody prolific. That's a fact. Uh, for a year or so, I think since Alec got the job, um, we knew there was going to be concerns with number nines because mm-hmm. we just don't have them, um, proper ones. And what you have to hope is not knowing exactly how Kazakhstan are going to play, but Alec will know is do you take in somebody like McNulty who's on form? Who's very good at holding the ball up As is only to be fair His goal yeah. scoring record for yeah. Swansea Has been he excellent is. And he's good in there too Or if you think there's a chance Of getting in behind He's throw Ollie Birkin at centre forward Even though I think we all know That's not his best position He is better as a wide man So there's options there But yeah It would just be great If we could find um, A right Good mm. Consistent a Number Harry nine that we, <laughs> hang, that we could hang That we could hang our Hang our hat You know <laughs> Listen you hate to hark back But yeah Stephen Fletcher Or going back Ali McCoy's, Mo Johnson's, all, you know, what would you give for, for, for one of them now? Having you know? said that, Jim Duffy, looking at the way we finished the Nations League campaign, mm-hmm. and it's easy to forget that we actually did yeah. top that group and yeah. we have a we have a playoff place in the bank. Is it more about finding a finding a style then that, that deals with that rather than worrying about whether that number nine is prolific? Because mm-hmm. when, when we played against Israel and Albania, it wasn't about mm-hmm. Stephen Fletcher yeah. being prolific. It was about his style bringing in James yeah. Forrest, who got mm-hmm. five goals yeah. over the two games, mm-hmm. bringing in Ryan Christie, bringing in Ryan Fraser. Mm-hmm. Is, is that the solution? Yeah, I mean, if you if you don't have a penalty box striker, or you know, as, as Mark mentioned, some of the uh, the guys in the past, then I keep saying, you know, we, we, there's no point in crying about it because we mm-hmm. don't have those type of players. We have to make sure that we get the balance right between the other players. So for me, I would I would be playing Ollie Burke because I think Burke's touch is definitely better than it was a, a year or so mm-hmm. ago. I think he does give you both options. He's got a physical presence where he can hold up. And if they do push up and try and attack, we can use his unbelievable pace on the counter-attack. So I'd be playing Ollie Burke. But as I said, it's one of those ones where McBurney has done well at times. There's no doubt about it. Um, so we do have other other players and other possibilities are playing up there, and it's about getting that balance right. But we are we are missing, as you mentioned, the mm. other Ryan Christie as well, who'd come in and done well for Scotland and uh, as, as well as Celtic. But Callum McGregor's back; it's good to have him available again. As I said, uh, you know, Forrest is available, so we do have players with creativity and a go for it. Final word to you on this one, James. Yeah, I think I mean we're well, taking the, pla- the plastic pitch thing away you know again going back to you know the, the, the good old days you know you know would the, the clubs have as much input you know in the you know the 80s and the 90s you know I could see the players saying to the club no I don't care if it's a again we didn't have the plastic pitches then but you know I don't care the situation 
I want to travel with a Scotland squad. I want to be in this Scotland squad because they knew they were playing for something mm. back then. As I say, that the, the general point about I just don't feel as if the players, you know, the heart about wearing the Scotland jersey is is faded. Um, and I just think it's going to take something special for even kids growing up now, you know, when they're, you know, coming into their, their teens, you know, will putting on a Scotland jersey, you know, mean for them what it all meant for these guys, you know, back then? Yeah, back yeah I mean, it's very difficult to, to judge how we compare to other nations in terms of pull-out rates and stuff. I, I don't think anyone knows for sure. However, one thing is bang on what James says, the relationship between club football and international football has changed for everyone, hasn't it? I think you have to be yeah. qualifying for tournaments, though. See if you qualify for tournaments Then players The profile for those players To play in that tournament Is is enhanced So the players then want to go The fact that we've not qualified I think has Maybe kind of You know Diminished uh, you that, Northern that Ireland, Republic yeah. Ireland They don't yeah. want to be there aren't they? Yeah of course They want to play for their, 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 yeah. their country They want to So if we qualify For Europa League and players go there I think that kind of re-energises the interest yeah. the, inter- the young young uh, fans I suppose the question like from a James fan's perspective you, do you sh- want to play for your country sh- should again? we need that particularly when yeah, we well, already have a playoff place so the, yeah. the players know the players know at the yeah. end of this campaign there is at least a playoff place we're not uh, a million yeah. miles away and I, think, so, I think what we have to say is really, yeah, there's a wee bit of doom and gloom if you want to call that because we've lost Robertson we've lost T and there's been three or four Course, but let's remember in the last competitive game, in the last two, we got the results we needed to mm-hmm. get a playoff. But they had been all made the playoff. Mm-hmm. I, oh, think, right, that but for I think sure. now we should, to be perfectly honest, and the gym mm-hmm. said right at the start there, let's concentrate on who is available mm-hmm. and also let's build on the previous high mm-hmm. of, of reaching the playoffs and hopefully do one better this time. So, no Robertson and no Tierney, that means a new captain tomorrow, and we're going to look at that situation after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. It's Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy here with me, Gordon Duncan, and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Counting down to tomorrow's big game in Kazakhstan for Scotland. But if you've got club matters on your mind, we would love to talk about the domestic stuff as well. So get your calls in. We're also on Twitter. Uh, David Campbell's talking about the Scotland situation He says players now are brought up being told Any injury or risk is unfair to themselves and the team It's the game now Too many people look at the negative first Gavin Welsh says Does Morelos have a Scottish granny? Mm-hmm. I don't know, I think we can explore that one at a later date I somehow don't think so 0141-951-1025 is the number you need Tierney and Robertson both out remember So Callum McGregor will captain Scotland in their opening qualifier Alex McLeish the manager has given him the honour He says it's well deserved Over a period of time The last few years Callum Has shown uh, tremendous ability on the field But also He's he's a very good ambassador of football On on and off the pitch Uh, An unfussy player who Who um, Nothing seems to bother him, but he's a great example to the rest of the squad on his professionalism, and I, th- I believe that the players will respond to Callum being the skipper for this one. William is in Craig End. William, is that the right choice for you to take the armband? Uh, hey, good evening, guys. How you doing? Hi. Uh, I think Callum McGregor. I mean, you can, I mean, you can. As a Celtic fan, uh, you can see him. That his best credit to him was when he was out the team, and we missed him. And when Brown was out of the team, he stepped in uh, for a, a cover Brown. So for me, Callum McGregor is a great choice. He's he's, he's an absolute uh, star in the Celtic team, and that's for me. That's that's when he's not in the team, you know you miss him. So for me, that's a, that's the biggest compliment you can give him. Uh, it's just to go on about 
uh, Alex McLeish and the, the pool of players that we've got. I think the pool of players we've got is good enough to qualify for a tournament. I'm not. I'm still unconvinced about the management team. Uh, the reason I say that is because, I mean, you're talking about a left back tonight. Uh, it could probably go three at the back. He's been doing. He's, Alex McLeish has been doing that in a lot of games. He's been playing three at the back, three centre halves. You know, so it could go that way. But for me, he he's no he's no got the adaptability to, for each game. I think if I think he'll play and use the same system uh, against Kazakhstan as he would against Belgium, and I don't think that's right. I think you've got to adapt. You've got to adapt to each game, and I don't think uh, Alex McLeish does that. I know it's quite hard to adapt to one uh, system to another system, but the way I would put it is, we should be looking at six points. We should be looking at six points in these two games. Regardless of who's out the team and who's in the team, yeah, I think you've got to, don't you, Mark? Yeah, I would say Kazakhstan and San Marino. I think Kazakhstan will, will be tricky. I'm expecting it to be really tricky, and if it's a, you know, a one 0 or something, I would be delighted. But yeah, if I've always said, if we are genuine, I'll be doing it because the way I look at it is Belgium will run away with it. So would you expect Russia to get six points in the, these two fixtures, Kazakhstan? Yes, you would. So therefore, we've got to match that and hope that you take four off of Russia mm-hmm. and that. So. Aye, we've got to be looking at six out of six. Um, in terms of being adaptable, William, um, when in the past for you has Alex not been adaptable? When when in the past has that happened? I think against Israel we got it totally wrong. I thought it was still mixed. It was still uh, unsure of what uh, system we should be playing. And I think that in the, the, the two the two games. Well, that, that's different from not being adaptable. If you're not unsure about a system, that that's different from not being adaptable. I think no. What what I mean by that? Uh, what I mean by that is I think in the future he's not adaptable to the games that are coming coming up. But I we don't, don't know think... that, William. We do, we don't know. Unless well, I, what, I, what you've I got to remember as well is Alec McLeish and his staff. What we are not privy to, whether it's Kazakhstan or Belgium or Cyprus or San Marino, is. When you're picking a team in the formation, you will also, or you should also, take into account the strengths of the opposition. So it could well be that the same formation suits him in, in, in the Belgian game, but you're saying he won't be able to adapt to in the future. We don't know that. So you can't say he's I not adapt to in the future, because the future hasn't arrived yet. I think the games that we've got, he's already proved that he's not adaptable. Yeah, that's I what I was asking, for example. I can't recall stuff just because he's not sure of a formation or you don't agree with the formation doesn't mean to say he's not adaptable. Uh, Jim, what about let, let's look at what what has gone in the past? Then we know that it started off the sort of three at the back. A lot of yeah. people slaughtered it. Even though we had, we had played yeah. it in, in some big games that yeah. people forget about, mm-hmm. uh, we we moved on. If you like, what did we see in the the last couple of games? Can we replicate that this time with the players available? Yeah, I mean, I like uh, tried a system against top quality opposition, particularly Belgium, and, and uh, you know we we got we got you know gets uh, absolutely destroyed by the the quality of the the players. But when it went to Israel, he tried some, it didn't again quite work too. But then he changed it, you know. So, so again, he's looking at his players, looking at the the players he has available to him. William said there he could go three to the back. He could go with Suter, Bates, and say McKenna if he's fit as a back three. There's no doubt about that. But you know, it's, it's taken as Matt said. You take if if you if you're a top class side, you play the best system you have with the players you're available, and you don't worry about the opposition. But we're not a top class side. We're a decent side, but mm. we've got to look at it tactically. So, players at his disposal, I'd be looking at a four three three 
uh, you know, against Kazakhstan. Right, go on then. I, give I, us it, Jim. Pick well, the team. Well, I would go Bain and go, and I would go O'Donnell and Shinny's the full backs. And if if McKenna's fit, I would go Bates and McKenna. If, if McKenna's not I fit, think he, I think he. Let's assume I, he is I would at the go moment. Bates and Suter, but mm-hmm. Mc, Bates and McKenna for me. And then I would go Callum McGregor as a captain, Scott McTominay and John McGinn as a midfield three. Mm-hmm. Two wide guys for me would be Forrest and Stuart Armstrong. I know it's not Stuart Armstrong's strongest position, but he does drive from midfield and he can drop into that little pocket to protect when we need it. We all the buck up top as a nine. So for me, you've got McGinn who's in great form just now for Aston Villa, McGregor who's top class, McTominay who's playing with Manchester United, sitting there. And that gives us creativity, but also with the width, we can drop back mm. into those areas if we need it. I think it's a, a decent enough back four, strong, organised. Um, and as I say, we've got a, a goalkeeper who's, a, again, very, very good for Celtic. Uh, so I think that's a good enough side to play against a team like Kazakhstan. So that's, the you know, at our disposal. Listen, tonight, everyone can have their opinion on it, of course. Mm. And, and that's just my opinion. But I think that that gives us a bit of flexibility. Again, as I said, he can go three at the back if he wants to. And he could just quite simply add in or take out one of the, 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 the say for talking sake, Armstrong if he wanted to. Or he could play two up top. And in which case is he could then go Shinny's a wing back, O'Donnell's a wing back, those three at the back. So there, there are options for him. And that's the reason I'm saying we've got to focus on who we it's have, available, yeah. not who we don't have. Right, come on then. You pick your team for us on Twitter or on the phones. Mark Weedy, does yours differ from Jim's? Hey, I, all I would, I would throw out there, if if McKenna's fit, I think we can go to a back three. If he's not, I would do a four. I would throw in maybe, Jim, I don't, I'd, I'd be tempted to maybe look at John Suter at right back rather than Stephen O'Donnell. That would be a temptation for me. And I know that's not Suter's best position, but I think he might be better there than, than, than Stephen O'Donnell. I'd certainly agree with you that Shinny at left back, John McGinn, Scott McTominay, Callum McGregor for sure. Where I would differ is I would go James Forrest, Ollie McBurney, and Ollie Bucks. I wouldn't have Armstrong in my starting line. Yeah, you'd have Buck White. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, 01419511025. Big thanks to William in Craig End. We are also on Twitter, don't forget that. So you can send us your team in or you can give us a call. Let's get the thoughts of. Ollie McBurney then Who is going to lead the line That's another question for you So many burning questions tonight He says he's ready uh, He's been in good form For his club this season He's I think he's got one and two And in mm. that, at that level mm. That's decent That's a good ratio He's about 18 goals um, And double the number of appearances Let's hear from him Personally it's been It's been quite good for me I think I've got 18 goals now 10 in the last 10 or something like that Obviously I've picked up I've had an illness So I, I missed the last three games Unfortunately But yeah I feel good I feel like I'm on form I feel like it's a good time For me to come into International games And I've been scoring goals So hopefully I can take that Into these games coming up That's kind of always been The message from, from this gaffer Is the boys that are doing it For the clubs Are the ones that are going to get a chance And uh, that's what you've got to keep doing You know Play as much as you can for your, for your club Do as well as you can for your club And then hopefully It comes out into, into International form as well This is my first year Now I've been number nine at Swansea and being the main man sort of thing so it's it was an important year for me it's almost my first season where I've started as the full you know the full season as, as, as playing first team football so it's been exciting for me um, it's been a challenge it's been tough but I've really enjoyed it and I think I've come on so much as a player this season um, I've liked the added, added responsibility on my shoulders where people look to me to score the goals instead of just being a bit part player so it's been enjoyable and I think it's been really good for my development this year and the first time I come into the squads when I was on loan at Barnsley and yeah I'd definitely say I've come on so much as a player now not just in terms of football but in terms of mentality wise as, as, as a person as well I've grown up a lot so yeah I'm definitely, I definitely feel like I'm, re- I'm ready for it now Stevie's in Bailison what do you think Stevie? You got some suggestions for us team wise? Uh, obviously I would agree with Mark's team but I would put Stephen I don't know right back and balance 
mm-hmm. the back four. As you mentioned last night, Gordon, we've never played this team before. I think Jim's committing soccer suicide, four three three away from home. The planet you and Jim. I mean no, let's keep it tight. I mean no obviously the the boys wide Forrest and Burke and McBurney. I'd go with McBurney up front. He's I know he's missed the last couple of games but I think he's doing well. But there's a point I want to ask Jim about this artificial surface and mm-hmm. stuff like that. What if, what if Scotland actually made a final Jim? Mm-hmm. Right? Would all the Scotland players pull out as they were playing in a UEFA Nations League final, a World Cup final? I mean, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't think they would. You know I mean? No, listen, I mean, I've already said that, you know, the, the, there's a lot of, I mean, obviously domestically, there's a lot of plastic pitches now, artificial pitches. Um, and in Europe, you know, there, there's a number of them now dotted around in certain certain countries. So, you know, but it's up to the clubs. I think it's not, I don't think it's the players. I don't think, you know, the players on the advice of their clubs and their club's medical team. That's the reason why these players would prefer not to be playing in it. I think if if it come down to, you know, a major match, yeah, of course you can play a one-off. You know, if, if as a, if you said, if, if we, in my dream world, um, you know, we got to some major uh, tournament and there happened to be a game played on artificial surface, then yeah, of course you could play in a one-off. But I, I think if they can avoid it, then clubs are, I suppose, entitled to request mm. that their players are not selected. I think that's what it is. And then ultimately... If the SFA insisted upon it, it's a squad, then Jim. If you if you turn around and say, "Don't mean, do you know what, Jim? You know, it's an artificial surface, so mm-hmm. you're going to play, and you go right near border, and mm-hmm. you play, and then all of a sudden we're playing in grass, but you get dropped mm-hmm. because somebody else who doesn't normally play on us, mm-hmm. you know, the, the artificial comes in and goes, right, Gaffer, I can play on the grass. Mm-hmm. I go right, well, but Jim's played and got his points in Kazakhstan mm-hmm. and got his points in San Marino." And it's going to be tough against. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Belgium games are a free hat. I don't think we got destroyed. Jim, I was watching the game. I mean, and we made a few mistakes, but we still had caused them problems. So we did. I mean, at the back. Well, I, well, I agree. Well, agree to disagree that one with you because I think we got absolutely battered. But, well, but, 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 but listen, that's what I'm saying. But you sit and go. I mean, look mm-hmm. at the quality. Yeah. If you gave if you gave the guys a chance, they'll mm-hmm. take it. We did have chances and we didn't take them. Mm. So you did. Naismith had a couple. McGinn had a couple as well. Jim, yeah, but, so. but, that, but that's football. I, 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 I didn't understand it was a you've friendly, got, but you've got I to take your chances. You've got to take your chances, and we made base errors, but the, the top players punish you. So. You know, we we had to be a lot better. But you know, Stevie makes a fair point, doesn't he, about this this idea that you know we, we now have a situation where some players may be there, may answer the call, yeah. may be able to play yeah. in plastic, and then when it comes to grass, what do we do with with them? Yeah, well, listen, Alex's job is to qualify, you know, for a major championship. So whether the Nations League or you know, if, if if he's still in the job further down the line, World Cup. So his job is to qualify. So if he believes that you know a, a player can be selected. Um, you know, to play an artificial and a different player is to play in grass, no matter what happens, then that's his job to do. But yeah, the the point that Stevie's making is the player puts himself in a very good position. So if he if he, if somebody comes in tomorrow tomorrow night and does really well, then he's he's, he's going to be in pole position. You know, if, if there's other, other games cut ahead of him, there's no doubt about that. But <laughs> the manager's job is to select the players he thinks is the best yeah. suited when available. Yeah, Neil Thompson sent us a, a tweet in, he's got Bane. Uh, then a back four of O'Donnell, Bates, McKenna and Shinny McGinn and McGregor the holding two And then Forrest, Armstrong and Burke Behind McNulty he's gone for um, Having said that Mark Guidi um, the, the McTominay one's interesting Because a couple of 
squads ago For instance I think most people agreed He probably hadn't done enough To force his yeah. way in But you've now got a guy Who's just ran the show in Paris In the Champions yeah. League Against PSG Who might be dropped For a game in Kazakhstan So no, do you listen, have to you, play him? Or? Yes you do You do? Yeah, you do absolutely If you're playing for Man United Against PSG Big game experience Big game mentality Six foot four a threat in both boxes Defending and attacking Set pieces Knows the game Keeps the ball Away from home Your opening game With the greatest of respect You must play Scott McTominay mm, Okay thank you to Stevie And Bailison Before we take more calls I want to speak to you about this Clyde One The Cash Register With wholesale domestic bathrooms Service, style and value That'll get you talking I know we always hear the word treble on this show But we've done a treble of our own this week Three winners in a row on the cash register We're getting married in April as well And we're struggling to pay So that's going to help so much That's going to be the wedding of a lifetime Yeah, well that's amazing <laughs> Thank you so much I can't believe everybody's surrounding me at work now <laughs> Listen to that, that's the difference it can make Grant gave away twenty more than £25,000 to Patricia She was at work <laughs> That's life changing oh, You can hear the emotions story. She's getting married That's a lovely no, story More than 25 grand Only two days left You could be the next winner George will reveal the next cash amount At 8am tomorrow morning On Bowie at Breakfast So make sure you're listening Text yes to 61025 to enter That is yes to 61025 It's £2 to play Plus your standard message rate You must be over 18 The full terms and online entry Are on our website Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets results every week Talk to Thompson's.com Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy are here with me Gordon Duncan Get your calls in Send us a tweet Let us know your thoughts Ahead of Scotland against Kazakhstan And I'm still waiting for a few more Domestic football calls We'll maybe do that in the second part of tonight's show uh, We can really get into the domestic stuff uh, in this second hour Don't forget later on as well Your chance to win £500 Thanks to the Stove Centre Glasgow YouTube Story time <laughs> All will be revealed <laughs> A bit later on At Clyde SSB Still getting some good suggestions Coming in uh, For Teams Bear Is on He's got Russell and McBurney up front He's got Forrest and Burke as wing-backs Oh Jim Duffy you, you won't like the sound of that There's n- there's not much defending to be done If Forrest and Burke are the wing-backs No It was a very adventurous <laughs> side A very attack-minded side I like side, it Bear Go for it but uh, yeah, I think uh, Bear will not, there'll not be too many I'll agree. But listen, everyone, that's the thing about football. Everyone has a, a allowed to express their opinion and he's went with Burke and Forrest as wingbacks. Mario's in Paisley. Hi, Mario. Hello, how are you? Gordon, um, Mark, Jim. Hi, good, Mario. Thank you. Hiya. Yeah, it's just about tomorrow night. We must go for the victory. It's very important that we start with a victory in this campaign because we must definitely have... We've got to qualify this time, but I think I wouldn't underestimate Kazakhstan as we've never played that nation before. I think it's going to be a very, very difficult match on the artificial surface. I'm, I'm, I'm a wee bit worried about the left back position. Who do the guys think we should play tomorrow? Did you both go for Shinny? Yeah. 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 What, what about Liam Palmer Right um, I'm just And the reason I'm asking Is because I feel like Alex McGeish was very keen To get him in the, get him into the squad And right. the, the impression I get And I could be completely wrong It's just my guess That if Tierney or Robertson was fit I feel as if Palmer Would have played right back mm-hmm. right. And I wonder then Is that is that enough for, for him to be shifted over And take the left back role Allowing O'Donnell to come in at right no, back No he could play He could play him right back Because if he feels that's the, He's better than Stephen O'Donnell Then that's that's your choice to make And, and play him right back I, I, I've seen a couple of clips of him, But I don't know I, I'd be I'd be You know Lying yeah. if I say that I knew that much about him But if, if Alec is, and his staff Have seen enough of him And they think And listen He's playing the championship He's playing at a good level 
he's playing uh, you know a side who are in good form just now under Steve Bruce mm. and so there's an, an opportunity there for, for players it's, it's like John Fleck I mean John Fleck I mean yeah. Sheffield United are sitting second top Flying, I, I think yeah. that, I mean beating yeah. Leeds United the weekend John Fleck's been a, an instrumental partner a, t- a terrific player and uh, you know but Again, because you've got likes of McGinn and McGregor and John Fleck, all, all left-sided. Though, yeah. As I said before, it's it's one of those ones where it's unusual for us to have those amount of left-sided players. That's a fair players. point, though. If, if we want to be positive for a minute, you've just yeah. mentioned, so we've got McGregor, McGinn, McTominay, mm-hmm. Armstrong, all sort of yeah. similar-ish, right? You, you've added yeah. Fleck to that, yeah. who's on the bench. Yeah. You've got Ryan Christie, who's, not, he's even, on the bench? who's not there. <laughs> eh? When you picked the team, he's on no, the bench. your team. Uh, yeah, yeah, Earlier for me. Yeah. John, John Fleck yeah. is there. Ryan Christie hasn't yeah. made it injured. So actually, that... Area of the squad, and this is before you even go back mm-hmm. to guys like like mm-hmm. Snodgrass. Mm-hmm. That may or may not be over, mm-hmm. um, you know. So that Kaffa. actually that area is, is pretty yeah. strong. Yeah, yeah. No, we, as Mark stated at the start, but you know, from from middle to front, we we have some some decent players. We we maybe don't have a take Lee Griffiths because of the situation with him, but he, he's probably the natural penalty box or goal scorer. But we don't really have another one of those type of players. But other than that, we do have I me mean, Ryan Fraser. Forest, but you know, a good width. You know, we've got plenty yeah. of talent in midfield, and we've got you know we've got the balance in there as well. So I think we've got plenty of options in there. But you know, if Palmer wants to play right back, left back, yeah, possibly. But again, um, you know, Mario's asking who we would play. I would play Shinny because for the first, you know, the significant part of his career, he played left back. Yeah. I mean, he played at Inverness, he played at Aberdeen. So it's 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 not an unfamiliar mm. position to him. There's also um, as well if so McKenna's your left centre half. Yeah, yeah the there's a relationship yeah. there. But what what the dilemma is, mm. you're now left with two. If you're mm. talking about it's between uh, Liam Palmer and uh, and Graham Shinney you're talking about two players, so that's not their best position. It's not yeah, their first exactly, choice position. Right. So you, you and tend to, unless he wants it to would play be a debut Shinney, for Palmer as yeah, well. Unless position. he wants to play Shinney in the middle of the park, which I doubt, then I would see you're going. Mm. But listen, but I, I didn't even consider. Um, just putting Palmer back to his natural but listen, I think Stephen O'Donnell is a good steady honest you know 7 out of 10 uh, I know Kazakhstan are the strongest international opposition but I just think watched him once or twice I'm just thinking well, I'd, I'd like to think with the greatest respect to Stephen O'Donnell that we've got a better option for that area Jonathan's on Twitter saying that Kazakhstan have won two games in three years the teams they beat were Moldova and Andorra if we'd be embarrassing if we didn't win and Mario that goes back to your point we don't have a great record in terms of opening games of qualification campaigns. We always talk about momentum and, and, and confidence. Do you feel it is vital it gets off to a winning start, unlike so many other campaigns? I think I think it is very vital, to be honest with you, because you don't want to be start, starting with a defeat and on the back foot right away. So I think even if we get a point tomorrow, that would be a great start. And then obviously three points on Sunday. Four points out of six, the first two games is a must. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, we should be going to a positive because because we have this playoff already secured. I think it should have taken a little bit of the pressure off us because we mm. know we've got at least is it in the old saying a dog's chance. You know what I mean? So mm. we, we've got that somewhere further down the line. So why not go for it? Because you know you, you've got you've got that game ahead of you anyway. So for me, I think take the chances now. Be as positive as we possibly can be. Go to Kazakhstan, San Marino, get six points, put myself in a good position, keep the, the you know that positivity about mm. about the group, and I, I I don't see any reason why we can't go there and and, and you know pick up pick up the all, all three points. Mario I mean, says there, sorry God, Mario says there four out of six would be great. It wouldn't be it would be decent, Mario. Six mm. out of six mm. is great. Mm. And if I'm going to be absolutely honest and see this gorgeous message, I've not got a great start. So the past so many campaigns, that's why I've not qualified. Mm. Yeah. We're on the back foot. If we are serious. Mm. 
about qualifying in second place we must take six points out of six if we don't we are right up against it right away because I, we'll never really know how much this stuff feeds through to, to players or management but if you're talking about the feel good factor as a, as a nation as fans as media or whatever I detect a little bit of doom and gloom at the moment Mark mm-hmm. which makes me dread to think Aye. how we would feel if we hadn't just Made won the, the Nations League group yeah. I mean <laughs> I, I think to again and we said this and, and nothing well, we against did, like, it, and we did that's what I'm saying so I, I can't believe yet, or not at least a little it's because bit of the more co- it's because of the call-offs, the call-offs you know yeah. and even just losing Tierney and Robertson arguably two of our best players mm-hmm. we've lost both of them in the space of 48 hours so now anyway, you're thinking oh you know what do we do you know so I it's you can understand it a wee bit, but I think we've just got to jog people around and say, listen, we're actually getting into this on a high. And if we see if we win tomorrow night, Gordon, brilliant. We'll, we'll kick on into Sunday and, and, and squish it in San Marino. Proceeded above, you know, some of the teams in the group. Then everybody expects you to win automatically, but we know life is not like that. You have to earn the right to win these games, and that's what we we have to do. We, you can't go to any country. You know, if you take examples of teams in the Champions League, the Liverpool win at home six against um, Red Star Belgrade, they go to Belgrade and get beat. It's, it's, the world is baffling sometimes in terms of football. So you have to earn that right to do it. And again, I stress the importance that we, we want to take the full points from the smaller teams. But if we don't respect... The opposition, then it it, make, it can make things so difficult for you. Kazakhstan have the home advantage. They play in the AstroTurf and they play well in, in this stadium. Thank you to Mario in Paisley. We're on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB. Here we are. This is a stressed out man. Paul Timlin is listening from the passport office in San Francisco. He's stuck I'm coming over for Celtic against Rangers But my passport expired yesterday <laughs> Can you imagine what he's going through? I'm going to San Francisco in the summer Make sure you look after it for me Paul I think it is time for us To leave your heart there oh, hey, 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 Have you been before? Is that Derek Johnson's joke book left yeah. in that corner of the studio? It's his seat as well right, Have let's... you been before? Yeah I have actually I Brilliant. Yeah, Can't wait Anyway Enough about <laughs> me <laughs> The Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL Latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday Beat the Pundit time You up against Mark Guidi or Jim Duffy The big prize on offer is a signed ball What's not to love? 01419511025 Give us a call right now if you want to play Beat the Pundit Be quick, you only have until the news at 7 Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Mark Weedy and Jim Duffy here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Plenty of discussion so far on Scotland against Kazakhstan, so keep that coming, but this might also be a good time to talk domestic football. So if you've got anything on your mind about your team, let us know, and we'll do that after we do this. I also want to ask you, did you see... Lionel Messi at the weekend, Jim. Yes, I did. Did you see the opposition fans yes, we are clapping him, yes. giving him the we are not worthy gesture? Yep. So it got me thinking, what is the closest you've ever come to applauding the opposition? Or have you ever applauded the opposition? You tell us. 01419511025. Beat the Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday 
beat the pundit time Another defeat for Gordon DL last night That means I can keep mentioning it For at least another three weeks <laughs> Let's see how you two get on tonight Mark and Jim are ready One of them is up against Aidan A Celtic fan in Beath Hi Ian uh, Aidan sorry Aidan Just changed your name there How are you Aidan? You alright? Aye not bad Good stuff Alright head you're up against Mark Guidi And Tails it will be Jim Duffy and it is Tails Jim Duffy Against Aidan or Ian Call him what you like A Celtic Aiden. fan from Beath So let me give Jim some Clyde 2 in his ear Make sure he doesn't know What we are doing um, Aidan I don't know If you've played before But you've got 30 seconds You're head to head with Jim You can pass Here is your chance To beat the pundit Are you ready? Yes Which club plays At Stair Park? Both. Which Aberdeen player was forced to dress as Scott Brown on his stag do today? Shea Logan Where did Graham Shinney start his playing career? Inverness How many Scottish teams has Stephen Fletcher played for? Two Who was the last player to score a hat-trick for Scotland? Pass In what year was the World Cup most recently held in Germany? 2004 Okay let's bring Jim Duffy back Jim are you with us? Yep You are right Same set of questions To you You ready? Yep Which club plays at Stair Park? Stranraer Which Aberdeen player Was forced to dress as Scott Brown On his stag do today? Graham Shinney Where did Graham <laughs> Shinney Begin his playing oh. career? Inverness How many Scottish teams Has Stephen Fletcher played for? Uh, one Who was the last player To score a hat-trick For Scotland? James Forrest in what year was the World Cup most recently held in Germany? Uh, 94 And where did Rangers sign Daniel Kandias from? Uh, Osasuna Okay Aidan, you've heard the competition What do you think of him? Oh, I don't know No sure? Worried, worried. <laughs> I don't know about that Because I, th- I think I might get one right I don't th- <laughs> yeah, I think you've been a bit hard on yourself Let's find out which club plays at Stair Park yeah. It is Stranra. I was in. I was doing the old calculation in my head to figure out how far away that is from Beef Aiden, but it's still pretty far. So I, I, I forgive you for getting that one wrong. Uh, Stranra one 0 to Jim Duffy. Which Aberdeen player was forced to dress up as Scott Brown on his stag? Did you not see this today? No. Shea Logan. All right. Okay. Now you know there's not a lot of love lost no. there. Um, <laughs> That's the reason why I thought it was Graham. I, I'm, I'm, when you, I didn't hear the part today. Yeah, so I just thought maybe it was maybe a couple of weeks. I think it was today or yesterday. Certainly, Shea Logan, full Celtic strip, Scott Brown on the back, (laughs) green sweatbands, Celtic slippers. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I must admit, I don't know. But it was it was funny nevertheless. Um, Right, so it's one all after two questions. Where did Graham Shinney begin his playing career? Inverness. Mm -hmm. So you both got that two all. How many Scottish teams has Stephen Fletcher played for? Hibs. And that's it So it was a one Aidan went for two Jim Duffy gets it He moves into a 3-2 lead It then became a 4-2 lead Because James Forrest Was the last player To score a hat-trick For Scotland Aidan With your Celtic hat on You'll be kicking yourself In that one Um Yeah um, You are both In fact Aidan was a lot closer But unfortunately No points for being closer In what year was the World Cup Most recently held in Germany 2006 It was 2006 So Aidan I think you know That's the end of the road for you Jim Duffy got one last crack To rub it in Uh, He got it wrong though Rangers signed Daniel Candias From Benfica So it was four to Jim Duffy Two to Aidan and Beath Aidan Hard lines Unlucky Uh, I should have got the Stranraer one Because Tammy Elliott He's for Beath And he plays with him There you go There's always a connection Unlucky Aidan The sign ball stays where it is Another victory For Jim Duffy Was was that Tam Elliott Is that what he said you familiar yeah. with the name? Yeah. 
You know yeah. everybody in the lower leagues, don't you? Well, not everybody, but <laughs> no, you do. You do. I've got faith in you. Not don't. just the lower leagues, mate. I, I tend to just know everybody. <laughs> Footballers in general, maybe. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. I asked you this question after Lionel Messi got applauded by the Betis fans on Sunday. We're asking you: Have you ever applauded an opposition player? And if you don't want to admit it, tell us what's the closest you've ever come to applauding an opposition player. What about from the dugout, Jim Duffy? You ever been tempted? Actually. Not that long ago I did applaud um, I would like to think I applauded both um, players But uh, Morton were playing Queen of the South Down at Palmerston And Stephen Doby Hit a shot from just inside his own half And also at an angle But it was one of those ones where it's he'd, He's driven it You know I mean It was just fantastic ability And Derek Gatson was in the goal Was about maybe about the penalty spot Maybe just beyond it And get back and pulled off An unbelievable save so I did applaud, but I was applauding both mm-hmm. pieces of skill. The skill from Stephen Doby to, one, see the opportunity and two, be able to execute it and also the save from the goalkeeper. So yeah, I did Covering applaud both it. Sides. I yeah, like that. I did um, applaud it because I thought it was fantastic from, from both players. There must be some examples from over the years, Mark Guidi. I'm looking forward to getting responses on this. There must be that one moment. And listen, I'm not daft enough to expect that in a, an old firm game somebody stood up and applauded the opposition. I'm not that naive. But surely at some point, oh, do you know what? Hats off. I'm, I'm, I'm trying you're to always, think. You're I, there I, as a neutral man. I anyway, can't, so. no, there's nothing, listen, I've been fortunate enough to cover. Many great moments, uh, but is it anything that springs to mind? I, I, I can't think I, to be honest. I, I, not, not in my team, obviously, but I have it at times when I've seen other players doing things. You know, as I said, I, I switch a play, a great pass. Mm-hmm. Great, I've, I've, I've actually said a great ball, great yeah. skill. Aye, aye. You know, whatever happens to be, I've said it. But you know, I think you know y- your own fans don't want to see you applauding the opposition. <laughs> so, so that that's the thing. But I did see. Lionel Messi's um, hat trick and it deserves oh. applause. If you don't, if you watch football and you enjoy football and you don't think that is worth applauding, mm. then I'm sorry, you're not you're not loving the same game as me. TG Hail Hail sixty seven. A bit unclear who that tweeter supports. What he um, supports, yeah. Cavani at Celtic <laughs> Park when he scored that diving header. What oh, a player! Yes, I, that um, that was outstanding. A similar yeah. theme. Sideshow yeah. Bob says he's actually done it twice. Barcelona against Celtic and PSG. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for the times that you applauded the opposition or the closest you've ever come to applauding the opposition. Uh, we're going to talk domestic football as well, Mark Guidi. Where are we then? Give us a, a summation A few days for the dust to settle on the weekend yeah. we, we take a bit of a rest for the international stuff What's been happening? Well the, the league is now done and dusted Gordon That's it, it's over I, mean, I think I'll, when it was 8 points up until the weekend there I always gave Rangers a chance Because they basically had Celtic to play twice And if you believe that you can go and win the old firm games Then essentially you would think the point the, the gap is only 2 points It only takes one slip up uh, from the opposition But now um, at 10 points the league is absolutely done and dusted. Um, it ends for me. Uh, progress has been made at Rangers. I, I'll say that all day long. And I know the stats in the league are very similar to Kashinia Stroke Murty. But there has been progress made. They've got into Europe. They've got there. But I'd have to say, with their season being, being over, um, in the middle of March, for me, that's a big disappointment. And if you're a Rangers supporter, a Rangers board member, a Rangers player... Or part of the Rangers management You have to be disappointed in that And on the flip side now I hope that there's actually more Appreciation Of what Celtic have done Over a number of years now Because they continue to win And people I think Have just underestimated Because or, you know Rangers have only there For a couple of years Or they've only just got back But 
Listen, look at Rangers. They, they can't go to Hibs and win. They can't beat Kilmarnock. They can't go to, to other places and win. And Celtic have been doing that over a number of years. So I think now that you actually have to say, you know what? It's not easy to become champions. And it's not easy to do it eight years in a row. So I think, you know, um, for me, where Rangers let themselves down and let themselves open was in the aftermath of the old firm game when they absolutely dominated Celtic, destroyed them, even though it was only 1-0. But they came out after it and they were just... I think they thought they'd actually won the league and some of the comments they made I thought you, you need to watch because that could come back to bite you and t- until you're over the line just keep quiet take say you know what? we've won the old film great first time in 13 brilliant but a long way to go a long long way to go let's take a call then Jamie's a Celtic fan in Perth what's on your mind Jamie? Evening panel it's uh, it's a really question is, uh, is, it, is it Mark Guidi that's on the night? Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy Hi uh, Mark, hi Jim, how you doing? Hello Jim uh, I, I was talking like Mark could probably share like Because she's I'm not saying anything with Jim But Mark's usually more knowledgeable I wrote oh, across my pages right, on my trusty Thank you very much for that That uh, apparently it's, I read a story about Roberto Martino Who's being linked with Celtic Have you heard about this? Yeah, his name's been been mentioned in dispatches Jamie, yeah yeah, I just well, I guess what I was calling Mark is, is there any more info you know about it or anything like that? It's just because to, to be perfectly honest, it was a bit of a curveball. I didn't expect that one. Is that a likely one, Mark Weedy? Uh, from, from what you, me, from in, what in, you my, know, in my in my opinion, I think it's unlikely. Mm-hmm. Um for two reasons. Uh I think the compensation would be would be heavy, as would the wage. And B He's right in the middle of a of a campaign, potentially, you know, going to Euros and where Belgium will really fancy their chances um next summer. Had it been this time next year and you wanted to wait after the, the, the Euros, I could say, yeah, maybe. But at the moment, um for me, I, I wouldn't totally dismiss it because I've not done a lot of work on it. But one or two wee things I have picked up, then I would say it is highly Highly unlikely will be the next manager of Celtic. Jim Duffy, the, the question is although it's different, people know you know, you get the day to day of club football compared to the I'm not gonna say part time, but you know what I mean, from international football. Could Celtic tempt the, the manager from the number one ranked side in international football? Yeah, of course it could uh, tempt him. Um, you know, if he, if he wants to get back to you know, you know working with players on a daily basis, a, a lot of international players, particularly the younger ones, and Roberto Martinez is certainly not an old manager. Um, he said mixed fortunes as a as a club manager, um, but um, he's working with a phenomenal group of players, um, you know, on international level. So if he has ambitions to get back to club football again, then you know why not? Celtic yeah. would be a fantastic opportunity for him. So it all depends really on the player. Uh, sorry, on the on the the manager. Jamie, are you asking the question because that's one that excites you? Well, do you know what? It- I don't know. I only found out about an hour ago. So uh, the excitement again—it's an exciting prospect. But what it made me think about was, you know, with a story like that coming about, uh, you know, if, if he was going to come this year, you'd state the reasons he wasn't. Is that the kind of the kind of throws a spanner in the works of the whole, you know, thing with Lenny? Because I'm a big fan of Lenny, and if he does does the job this year, I think he should be given it. But then, you know, how would that make someone like Lenny feel right, if he knows that? They've got their eyes on other managers, but I suppose that's football. At a second point, it was just you were asking uh, if uh, there's any times I've ever applauded a rival's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, players and stuff. And I can I can safely say with my hand on my heart that you know I've, I've 
gladly applauded every Rangers player who got sent off against us oh. off the park. So there you go. <laughs> not, not quite what I was looking for, but there we go. We got we got an answer of sorts. <laughs> Yeah, know. not quite not the quite spirit of the game What we're looking for is uh, not quite, people not to quite the Appreciate yeah, the quality of And the talent of the opposition I was wondering where he was going actually I must admit mm-hmm. um, Yeah, uh, listen What about the final point there? Uh, Neil Lennon will know surely That there, mm-hmm. there is a bigger picture here He's not going to expect yeah. Celtic To just be sitting there waiting around I, I think Neil Lennon will, will appreciate Because I say, uh, you know I think he'll know he, he's He's got a right good chance You could almost say He's in the driving seat but I think I would expect Celtic And I think Neil would too deep down Whether Celtic Neil then takes him to the treble treble Or it's just the league and they don't win the Scottish Cup whatever. But Regardless of whatever outcome happens Between now and May uh, the 25th When everything's all decided Then I think that Celtic Will go through an interview process Of two or three mm. possibly four candidates Neil Lennon will absolutely be one of them um, But I think that's what I'm not 100% but I think that's what will happen I'm loving the responses we're getting to this Have you ever clapped the opposition Or the closest you've come Scott McFarlane tweeted in to say uh, Klaus Augenthaler Scored a 70 yarder at Ibrox in 1989 In the European Cup uh, Applauded that one And then he says To be honest I've been applauding most of the opposition at Ibrox recently But he's having a bit of a laugh there So that's a, a good memory uh, Kieran says Messi, Iniesta, Henri, Ronaldinho Have all been applauded at Celtic Park On separate occasions and their own Alex Ray has been in touch Good to know he's listening mm-hmm. uh, He says Cantona chip against Sunderland Remember that one? Yes And he says He, so t- we- he puffed out his chest yeah. after it He says I was 10 yards away Cursing him mm-hmm. um, But looking back I should have applauded <laughs> Well listen it's, it's great Alec to say that I mean listen That was an, an, one of those iconic moments in football And mm-hmm. you know I must admit I, I've just you know, as, we, as we sit here my, 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 my nephew just texted me I said he applauded Ronaldinho uh, when he played uh, for Barcelona against Celtic as well. So, listen, I think fans do appreciate real quality, and I'm sure there's a few more to come. Uh, uh, see on that, sorry, I've just I've got a vision in my head of the Cantona law that Alex yeah. talked about. Did um, did Sunderland have a French goalkeeper in that day? Oh, pff, come on, Alex, only text me the answer to that. Alex, one. Alex, I don't I'm, know. I'm just I've got a vision. Of, I've got a, this Sunderland goalkeeper. So you try to blame the goalie? <laughs> no, 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 that was because Cantona had the collar but, up and yeah, that stuff like that. I just, I just think I'm just thinking the Sunderland fantastic. goalie was. Um, the, at the Moon says I was close to applauding Del Piero when he scored a free kick against Celtic in the Champions League. I was right behind the goal. I remember thinking before he hit it, it was in the top corner. He didn't disappoint. What a legend! And but the Kaiser says uh, anyone who applauds an opposing player off the pitch should be ejected from the ground. They <laughs> are for the watching, says the Kaiser. I kind of get where you're coming from, and I, I understand that. But I'm talking about just these one once in a lifetime. You're me- you know messy or something like that. You don't mind that, surely. You kind of got around doing it every week, Kaiser. I get your point. Yeah, but you see, his hat trick during the week, I mean, was just uh, exceptional, you know, to to the level where it's like a different planet because his first one's a free kick and it's right in the top corner. His next one is just total football, but, you know, from uh, the the back killer from Suarez to the finish. And his last one is just exquisite genius. Uh, Okay, times you've ever applauded the opposition or the closest you've come. I've got an answer to your question. Yes, it was a French goalkeeper, Lionel Perez. That's it, that's exactly it. Alex says he was five foot three when he jumped. (laughs) Lionel. Yeah, Lionel. (laughs) Uh, Frank and Blantyre. You got a story for us on this one? Hello. Hi, Frank. Hi, Frank. Hi there, how you doing? Hi, Frank. Good, Frank. What's your your, uh, applauded the opposition story? Oh, well... (laughs) I was a wee boy at the time, I went to Parkhead, my, my uncle, uh, he played for East Stirling at the time, Bobby McCulley. I think a lot of the guys might know him. Or... Bobby, 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 yeah, I know Bobby, 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 Bobby
and it, just as a wee boy going and uh, watching them, and it was playing against Celtic in a cup game, and at the end, uh, all the Celtic fans were standing up, clapping and applauding them, and it was, you just felt so proud watching them at the time, you know, because it, it was full of skills, it was, it was wee, the wee footballer and mm-hmm. Scottish footballer at the time as well, you know, so... Uh, I, like that. I know we've been over. Yeah. I, like I can still see him out. Touch. Still see him, uh, Frank. Sometimes I, li- I live in East Kilbride, and if sometimes I'm driving down into the town out past Hamden Castlemilk, then sometimes see Bobby out jogging, just so on what, the roads out what, jogging. Aye. What was it, Frank? Did he just was it a, a kind of brave performance? You know, because they would have been underdogs, did he just give it a real good go, and the Celtic fans appreciated it? The, the thing was, they used to come in. I, I stayed a week older, so I used to come in just play play along with us as well. And, he was a skillful wee player, you know, and I think that's what it was. It, it kind of reminded he probably is a wee, but no, no, probably is a wee kind of messy type player. No, I'm not, I'm not comparing him to Messi, <laughs> Aye, but good job. It's it, 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 good, it's good skills, you know. And, and he, has, he, he has only about five Jim. He's just about five two. I think I mean his platforms. Five two his platforms. But uh, no, I, I mean I played with Bobby Plenty with Duke LaPumferson, you know the, the charity side, and uh, you know the guys, and Bobby played, and he was always one of those guys because you know that ability and enthusiasm, uh, really enthusiasm mm, yeah. for the game. But it's good that players are recognised. I say that it's I say that it's not it's not too often. I love that great story, Frank and Blantyre. Thank you, John and Cumbernauld. You are the next caller we're going to speak to on football. I know you've been hanging on, so my apologies. Your patience is appreciated, but it is time for this. Enjoying that Jim Duffy ah, right chills, yeah, Every night chills. this week We're gathering round the fire For story time with Hugh Keevans <laughs> And the Stove Centre Glasgow YouTube We're calling it Hugh's about to share a few wise words From a famous footballing autobiography To be in with the chance of winning £500 in cash All you have to do is tell us Whose book Hugh is reading from I closed down one of their wingers I tried to block his cross But I felt a stinging in my privates I thought That doesn't feel right I'd slid into the tackle, so I didn't know whether I'd sat in my own studs or if his boot had followed through and caught me. I just knew my was stinging like... Things you never (laughs) thought you would hear Hugh Keevan say. So, very simple question. To win the £500, tell us whose book is Hugh reading from. For an extra clue, go and watch the video. We've posted it on Twitter at ClydeSSB. Now is your chance to dial 0141 951 1025 and you could win the £500 thanks to Stove Centre Glasgow. The lines close at the end of this break. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy are here. So much to get through because we're going to speak to John and Cumbernauld. He's got some football on his mind. I've got a full-time teaser for you. We've got loads of topics up and running and uh, we need to do this as well. I just love playing that music. It's going to be, I'm going to be sad when the competition disappears at the end of the week. But every night this week, we are getting some story time with Hugh Keevans in the Stove Centre, Glasgow. Hugh's going to share some wise words from a famous footballing autobiography. And to win £500, all you have to do is identify whose book Hugh is reading. So let's go to the phone lines. Linda's in Greenock. How are you tonight, Linda? Hi, fine. I'm going to play the clip one more time, Linda. So listen to this and tell us who you think it is. I closed down one of their wingers. I tried to block his cross, but I felt a stinging in my privates. I thought, that doesn't feel right. I'd slid into the tackle, so I didn't know whether I'd sat in my own studs or if his boot had followed through and caught me. I just knew my was stinging like... 
<laughs> Linda, please don't be put off by Hugh Keevans using the phrase "stinging in my privates." Um, do you know whose book he's reading from? Is it Stephen Gerrard? It is Stephen Gerrard, Linda. Well done. The £500 is yours. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Congratulations, Linda. Well done, Linda. Have you read it recently, Linda? No, I haven't. My partner has. Well, there we go. He's, it was a, a, you're a dream team then because £500 are you... And listen, you're going to have to share it with your partner now if he gave you the answer, aren't you? Yeah, Good stuff. <laughs> One pipe. I'll be asking for more than that. Thank One you. Pipe. Good stuff. One. That was Linda in Greenock. Straight off... With Stephen Gerrard That was good wasn't it Yeah it's great Have you so always wanted to hear Hugh Keevans say the phrase Stinging in my privates uh, Well no? listen I think okay. there's one or two people I mean, He had to He was stinging in his privates But uh, yeah It's quite unusual It's quite, quite surreal hearing that Same time tomorrow For story time With Hugh Keevans And the Stove Centre Glasgow £500 up for grabs I'm going to read the question Quickly And then we're speaking to John Because he's been hanging on for ages Tonight's teaser is this Sent in by Alan In Milton Can you name the starting 11 For Rangers Against St Johnson in March 2000 The reason being It was the first time A Scottish league team Started without a Scotsman Oh Dick Advocates yeah. In the team So it was the 4th of March 2000 Rangers against St Johnson No Scots in the team I need you to name the starting 11 Let's speak to John and Cumbernauld Hi John Hi there I've only been waiting about 25 I know, John, minutes I know I'm sorry John I'm so busy Yeah On you go I can't, believe that. Yeah, I can't believe you made me listen to Hugh Keevans twice <laughs> Anytime I phone up he always puts me down Or puts my opinions down uh, Anyway To talk about the goals that you've applauded I'm a Celtic fan I applauded Ray Wilkins' goal Although it hurt When he beat his 5-1 I Ibrox That was some goal uh, One of the best goals I've ever seen Did, Was it a, was uh, it a quiet applause John? Because I can't imagine the fans was, round about you I didn't tell No with my horns Just in my head Alright okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway like uh, The the main reason I called in was I was going to pick the Scotland team Go for it For the Mora uh, I don't think it'll be the team that Alex McLeish picks But uh, hopefully it'll be somewhere close to it I think we should play aggressive attacking football I think the Celtic players and Ar- Armstrong Are quite used to playing that style uh, I did Bain and goal A back three of McKenna, Bates and Suter uh, McLean, Shinney uh, McGregor, Forrest and McGinn Five in the midfield I'm strong up front with Buck. Obviously, you can have a cut, uh, maybe one or two protecting that uh, uh, back because Kazakhstan have got to attack. It's their best hope of trying to get something or try to qualify or anything. Mm. And uh, I disagree with Mark. I don't think the league's over as yet. I think the, the last few performances, well, all of the performances since uh, New Lennon's took over have been pretty poor. We've been lucky with the results. But performances have been pretty poor Alright John let's do them separately Because you make a couple of decent points there That's The first one Jim will give to you The Scotland one mm-hmm. A name we've not heard yet is Kenny McLean, Kenny McLean Who's actually is playing pretty well for Norwich At the top of the championship yep. um, Yeah I think it would be a surprise But he's another one in that same area of the park Who, who is playing well Yeah I mean obviously John's went for a five man midfield And with three at the back And tried to get two up front Was it Johnny Russell I think he had off uh, um, Armstrong Armstrong, uh, Armstrong. Uh, you know, again, as I said, it's it's sort of you know the the the, the opinions of whether supporters or you know the looking at the squad. But again, it's it's not the same team I was a picked. But um, you know, again, it shows you that we, that we do. We never mentioned Kenny McLean in the mm-hmm. room. We were talking about John Fleck and you know the the the, the options we have in there. So again, in that area of the pitch, we are strong. So there's no doubt about that. And uh, you know, again, he's a, t- a player that if he come in. 
he wouldn't let anyone down but I just don't see him starting he, he said he didn't think I'd be the team that Alec McLeish picks and I agree with him what about John's second point Mark John's actually a Celtic fan but he's he's not Banking on the league being over yet Can you understand why Or does that surprise you um, No it, it, it surprises me I'm not saying they've not played particularly well But you know They've, they've won You know For me It, it, it hinged on a, a, a um, 24 hour period Where uh, Where um, Celtic scored weekend, at, yeah. Celtic scored not, not Even oh, back that, Celtic sorry. scored at Tynecastle um, that, that, The last minute goal again um, From Edward That was Neil Lennon's first game uh, and I think did Rangers drop points at midweek, uh, or did, did Rangers win? No, I think did Rangers win. That demented again oh, two points in Celtic up until that minute. I think that's exactly what it was. So that was a massive turning point. Um, but no, I hear what you're saying, John. But if you look at Rangers, Rangers only winning games even though they're not playing well. And can you really see Rangers on current form going to Celtic Park in ten days' time and winning and also winning? Um, I books again after that and winning every game. No, so for me, I don't think you would get a bet on uh, on Rangers winning the league now. For me, it absolutely finished as soon as um, Edward put that ball on the in the fifth minute injury time on Sunday. John, uh, well, uh, probably they, they will win the league, but I'm just uh, they, they beat us at Ibrox, uh, but they actually out totally outplayed us. So yeah. I mean, if they've done it before, I've done it once. They can do it before. Yeah. Uh, as I said, it's not the fact that I'm not say, uh, doubting the results, it's the performances. Aye. I thought Hearts in the second half were a far better team mm-hmm. uh, than we were uh, and didn't, certainly didn't deserve to lose the game. And regards to the Aberdeen game, they had a great chance right at the death to win it. Mm-hmm. So, well, you're right, uh, but I think what you've got to allow for as well, just that there'll be a wee bit of wee bit of trepidation, a new manager going in. So from, from Neil Lennon's point of view, he'll be thinking, I want to make my own stamp on this. But I don't want to change too much because it's a team that's won seven domestic trophies in a row. So he's got to get the balance in that. New players go in and think, okay, what do I do here? Just keep what I was doing because that was good enough for Brendan Rodgers. Or am I trying to adapt my game a wee bit to catch Neil Lennon's eye? So you put all that into the mix as well. Yeah, maybe that's to be expected. But what you can't question is their, is their character and their willingness to go to the last seconds of game, as was the case at Tyne Castle in his first game. Then there again on Sunday And when you look at that And then one of Brendan Rodgers last game And Scott Brown got the winner At Kilmarnock in the last minute There's three goals in the past What, six league games? Uh, Gordon, five or six league games That potentially have won them six points Mm -hmm. Take those six points out of the equation And actually the league would be If you wanted to put it away The league would be in Rangers hands Because we'd have to play Celtic twice So, but And again, but that goes back to the point I made At the top of the programme Where that's why I think You should absolutely give credit to sell to everything that's gone because people say oh it's easy to win the league it's easy yeah 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 but it goes to show that it's not easy and that's why they deserve credit for eight in a row I mean Jim for any fa- for any Celtic fans like John who are actually a little bit worried or for any Rangers fans who are actually feeling really optimistic we've had a couple on, on the show this week they they may well be right but it's mm-hmm. it's about the the what would have to happen is something that at the moment there are yeah. no signs of happening so you look at the games left with a 10 point gap you you realistically are looking at a situation where Rangers possibly need to win every single game between now and end of the season because that would include yeah. the two Celtic games mm-hmm. which would peg back six of those points mm-hmm. and then Celtic, Celtic would need, to lose, to, would need to lose another two yeah and no it's, it's unlikely and you know I think the, I mean Mark I think the league is done but from Rangers point of view Rangers really have to show that there is that desire mm-hmm. to to you know make it as competitive as it possibly can, but I think Stephen Gerrard has already you know made comments about 
you know, want to get signings for next year's strength and to make a challenge. So I'm I'm not sure if even if, if within the camp they truly believe that they can cut this deficit to a point where it's actually, you know, within touching distance. I don't know if that's the case. Um, and the biggest test will be the next game, you know, in, in, in the 31st where, you know, Rangers have really got to show their fans in particular, listen, you know, we haven't given up the, the challenge. We are going to make a challenge. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they really need a performance from their team to shoot, to give their fans hope that, um, you know, even if it's not going to be this year, that there is a real desire and determination from Rangers to make a go of it next season In the final part of the show We always do the, the full time teaser And that's when you send the question into us And we try and catch the pundits out And you know, I secretly hope that they don't get the answers uh, Quite often they do though So this one was sent in tonight by Alan in Milton He sent it to fulltime at clyde1.com So we'd love to have your questions Send them in to us please Fulltime at clyde1.com Alan's looking for the starting 11 For Rangers St Johnston On the 4th of March 2000 You might be thinking Why? Well because it was the first time That a Scottish League team started without a Scotsman in the team. What have you got? The Rangers starting eleven that day. I've I've got the uh, I've got thirteen names. Of oh, it, I don't, 30, just give me a few. I'll, I'll, I'll start with the goalie, Stephen Kloss. Stephen Kloss. Yes. Got... Jim, what have you got? Arthur Newman. Yep. Um, Tori Andy Flo. No, Mark Guidi. Over okay, to you. I'll I'll go with it. I'll try the central defensive partnership. Mm-hmm. Lorenzo Amoruso. Yep. Mm-hmm. Tony Vidmar. Yep. I'll try the right back then Sergio Perini No Claudio Arena. Yes one more from you Mark uh, Ron, Jim Duffy Ron Debo No Alright we'll leave it there just now You can play along on Twitter as well Looking for the starting 11 For Rangers St Johnson On the 4th of March 2000 The first time A Scottish League team started Without a Scotsman Kloss, Reina, Vidmar Amoruso, Newman So far We are on Twitter at Clyde SSB Still asking for Times you applauded the opposition Or the closest You've come to applauding the opposition Adam Oliver says I applauded Eden Hazard Along with many other Scotland fans When he went off in a recent friendly <laughs> Incredible player Let's hope we're not applauding him In the competitive game When that comes around uh, Anthony Blair and John Has also emailed in to say Iniesta at Parkhead The majority of the, cloud, the crowd Standing applauding As he was subbed off What else have we got on here? Yeah there's loads There is loads Great great memories coming in Let's get one from Tommy Celtic fan on the line From Irvine Hi Tommy well, I'll, be, I'll give, go back to my memory Second point First point was Mark uh, Greedy's hit the, the, the nail on the head Rangers have made progress But they haven't made The significant progress Or the vast improvements That Hugh Keevans keeps on Harping on and harping on Celtic's performances in the league Have been inconsistent But the one thing that Celtic have had That even you take Brendan Rodgers out of the equation We've got a squad there of winners they know how to win And that's been backed up With the trophies There's players still there That were there In Lennon's first Spell as a manager So they know how to win Rangers unfortunately Don't have that uh, And I think The league will be won Before the split Celtic's got a couple of fixtures Rangers at home And Levy at home I think That'll be enough for Celtic To be honest with you uh, And You can answer that My other point was uh, let's, do that, let's do that first Just quickly Tommy Just so we'll keep them separate What do you make of Tommy's Assessment of, of the way things will be in the coming weeks I don't think the league will be won before the split No, because that means Rangers would have to lose their other game as well Before the split I don't think that will happen um, And again it goes down to the question When do the SPFL then arrange the fixtures To try and avoid the scenario oh, yeah. of Celtic um, That's always, a, that's always a great that's debate always that a, one, yep. uh, a tricky one But um, no Tommy, I don't expect Celtic to win the league before the split But I would expect the Certainly the advantage come um, The finishing line to be double digits It's one of those things people point at Jim 
and it's not entirely easy to measure and know exactly the impact. But what do you make of Tommy's assessment of you know the the, the winners, the guys who've been there previously mm. for Celtic? Do you think that does does that count in times like what we've seen in, in recent weeks? Yeah, but I don't think there's been enough. You know, made them enough anything to make them enough nervous. You know, nervous about. You know, so therefore they've a relatively relaxed. You know, um, changeover from Brendan Rodgers, and I think winning those type of games that, that you know the the games late on. And they're not losing goals, you know, so therefore that's always a good thing. And I just think Celtic had, they had a, obviously they had the gap, but I think increasing the gap is just taking the pressure mm. right off them. So I don't, yeah, I think it could have been important if there had been maybe a couple of points in it, two or three points, but I think there's so much of a cushion. I think it's, it's a pretty relaxed running for Celtic. Right, now. Tommy, have you ever applauded the opposition? Yeah, definitely. Gaza, big Celtic man. I was at Wembley 96 behind the goals when Seaman saved the penalty, and I was there with my son. And when he got the part and scored and I looked down and my son was very near in tears and I just had to look at him and, and applaud and stand up and applaud the man for the genius what he was. Uh, and he was. There, there's no doubt about it. When he was on his game, there was no doubt to like him. Yeah, uh, that, 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 man, I've, I've got to say that. that well done, that, Tommy. That, that was good. Well that, done. That would have hurt. Um, but yeah, Tommy's probably right. It was, I think we had a tweet in about that one as well. So that, yeah, is that he, just he, the, he left uh, Colin, Colin Henry in, in his backside and put it over. And they got, I was at Wembley that day and yeah and working it, yes working uh, for the Sunday Mail and as much as it was obviously a sore one in the Gary McAllister penalty and then obviously Yuri Geller's fault though is it not Yuri Geller yeah <laughs> if you've you not got a Yuri Geller yeah, story I, I, I was going to say do you want me, do you want me I, yes. I can tell it in 30 but okay because it involves mind. Radio Clyde so Celtic <laughs> are playing in Israel must have been September, October 1999 John Barnes is the manager We're in Tel Aviv And press packer out And um, Paul Cooney's here for Radio Clyde And uh, so there's a few of us out Kenny McDonald For News of the World A few And long story short We bump into Yuri Geller As you do says, oh what are you doing over here For the Celtic <laughs> game Blah 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 Oh boys right You want the new year right He says come with me Come with me for a minute So we go into the restaurant In the hotel And at this moment I can remember uh, Yuri Geller saying Okay, uh, he stands with a spoon and he's saying, So you're here for the Celtic game? Yes, how do you think they'll get on? And as he's talking to all of them, there must have been seven or eight of us there. The spoon's bending in front of our eyes. And I'll never forget, Paul Cooney is then phoning Radio Clyde. He said, Get to me live, get to me live. I've got and I'm thinking, How do you get Yuri again? <laughs> no, how do you explain this on live? Anyway, that, that was Paul, it was brilliant. He's trying to get on live. So somebody says, Ah, that's a spoon you've got in your pocket. So he says to uh, one of the wait staff in the restaurant in the hotel, Go and pick me any, any random spoon you like and bring it up. And she did. He comes back over. He says, So, yeah, you don't believe me. You, didn't you think so? And once again, in front of my very eyes, the spoon is bending. And so that, I was never a believer in any of that stuff. So, but the I bottom line it. is, it was his fault then. We well, I, I'm not sure yeah. about that, but he no, can certainly, okay. he can certainly, make, certainly make spoons bend. That's <laughs> <for sure. laughs> there we go. Listen, you, learn you, your you, draw. you never know what you're going to get on this show. Uh, can you name the starting 11 <laughs> for Rangers St. Johnson in the 4th of March 2000, the first game? That a Scottish league team started without a Scotsman. You've got Kloss, Reina, Vidmar, Amoruso, Newman. I'll take a couple more guesses. Michael Moles? No. Well, go. He's been a popular guest on Twitter. Stephen mm. Tennant's guessed him. But we, we Dick always played 4 4 2. So I'll try a front two of Amato and Wallace. I'll give you Wallace. Okay. Rosenthal? Yes. Oh, I thought that would be well the hard done, one. Mm. Great shout. You've only got four to get, and I'll give you some thinking time. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We've got a few things on the go. We're asking you four times when you have applauded the opposition. 
Just a wee topic we like to You know we like to Talk about some random things Related to football This is on the back of Lionel Messi though On Sunday The opposition were applauding him It was so good I want to know if you've ever done it Or the closest you've come Alex Dowdle says I always applauded Jim Duffy In every match he played In the Tenant Sixes Because he made the beautiful game Look a breeze <laughs> There we go The Tenant Sixes Did you like that Jim? Uh, yeah, no, I know I, I, Certainly must have a very good memory But uh, yeah I mean even five aside Really was the mass trend So <laughs> thanks <laughs> I don't, I don't know if yeah, I was just Alex, turning cheap No I Alex is deadly serious I'm so big Alex at Partick Thistle game the other week Big uh, Alex I played mm-hmm. the tenant sixes One scored and came off the bench For St Mirren against Hearts Lasted two minutes uh, Get sent off Get sin binned Conceded a penalty <laughs> Scott Crabbe sold it At, 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 at an absolute it's, disaster it's, it's memorable yeah. So it's oh, memorable but, but, You're uh, a goalie uh, you can... I, I was, So whoever our goalie was Get sin binned Right was It was either Les Fridge or Campbell Money And then I'm and you could on. bring the keeper on though if yeah, you keeper, keeper got yeah. Simbin. And then I remember I'd lasted two minutes, gave away a penalty, upended Scott Crabb, conceded another goal, and eventually get, get sent off myself. And Brian McGinley was a referee and he uh, he sent me off. So I that was maybe ninety one. Ended up getting sent off. Ninety or ninety one. So for for the challenge or for Yeah, the... I've, I've come out my bottom up ended somebody, whoever it was, Scott Crabb, I think. So uh, there you go. Yellow this card Simbin. Shocking. This was killing the game. Get the compliance officer involved That's what I say 01419511025 I'll take one more guess each on the teaser We're looking for The starting 11 from Rangers against St Johnston On the 4th of March 2000 We've not just plucked that from nowhere It was the first time a Scottish league team Started without a Scotsman in the team So Alan sent the question in to full time At Clyde1.com He's got uh, You've got I should say Kloss Reina Vidmar Amoruso And Newman Then a bit further up the field You've got Wallace and Rosenthal I'll take yeah. one more guess each I'll go Centre mid Two guy Yes Jim Duffy I'll go Kinchelskis Yes You're flying You've only got two to get Plenty of time to get them Let's speak to Barry In Barhead Hi Barry Hi pal How you doing? Good thanks What's hey, on Barry. your mind tonight? Yeah, I just wanted to say I applauded Jim Duffy When he skied the last penalty Ever to be hit In front of the jungle uh, and Dundee got beat I was honestly man It was amazing He nearly threw out the gun <laughs> I think was Celtic Couldn't afford another ball back then So Aye. We all had to run out and get it <laughs> I, know, I must admit I, It was it certainly was uh, Not not my best That's for sure What one was that John? I don't remember that one What one was that uh, but I think it was the last game of the season uh, Because I'm sure yeah. that, I'm sure the guys At Dundee Were giving me stick Because we're bonus Was like We were going away As, as players done in there in, in, in holiday And uh, after it So basically cost the boys the bonus By missing the penalty when would, what would that have been 91, 92 Nah I've not, I've no. not a clue 93 Barry, Barry will obviously remember me it's, What it's did you say Barry It was the last penalty what In front of the, the last jungle. penalty In front of the jungle The old um, jungle I stood with my dad And everybody laughed Couldn't stop laughing So that meant Celtic had to go to Hamden then No Was that uh, Yeah yeah. So I think it might have been 93 I think Right okay uh, so 93 or 94 Celtic yeah. uh, went to Hamden 94 uh, didn't so. I mean was, Don't get me wrong The question was really for When you've applauded The other team's brilliance well, But yeah, I don't I mind that Because it's a good memory <laughs> Thanks very much Barry For the uh, Barry on you go <laughs> um, It's just basically What did the panel think About Scotland playing in Kazakhstan Now I I, I still can't understand Why Even in European football um, Why Our teams have to go Over there It is Basically, it's bordering on China. It's in line with Baghdad in terms of time. It is nowhere near Europe. Why are they in these competitions? Is it money? Is it a, is it a money thing? I don't know. I mean, we're getting a bit political. Mm-hmm. We don't usually get that these types. But it's a, f- a fair question in the, the sense if you just were to look at the map. Now, uh, from what I read up in Kazakhstan, I think part of the territory is classed as being in Europe. They were part of the Asian 
um, set up until 2001 And then UEFA voted them in UEFA let them in So Barry might disagree We're kind of stuck with it I did like the story though from Derek McInnes I don't know if you read it in the paper mm. Talking about when he went over from Aberdeen The moment he realised how far away they were Was when he came out of the hotel And he saw a sign I think it was a bus stop or a sign And it said Beijing 100 miles Or China 100 <laughs> Something like that And he thought yeah. wow We are yeah. miles away yeah, geographically, uh, I think that uh, you know it is a bit of a surprise. But listen, you know the it's UEFA um, or FIFA that uh, FIFA think it will be wanted for the international. Well, no, so, UEFA let them UEFA. in two thousand and two. So, so that that's that's the reason why we're playing them, Barry. You know, I mean, end of the day, as I said, uh, you know, what, what countries are in Europe? Uh, you know, as debatable as we as we are currently finding out. Mm-hmm. But there's certainly, <laughs> there's plenty of wealth in Kazakhstan. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Plenty um, of wealth. That's my point. I was kind of going down. Is, it, is yeah. it a money thing? I mean, will we expect to be playing Saudi Arabia soon because they're oil rich? I mean, is, is this. Well, the World Cup's in Qatar, isn't it? <laughs> in 2022. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just feel as if we're, we're getting away from the kind of dynamic that is Europe. We're, we're, we're just. Why not? I mean, if you if fly in the other direction, you're, you'd, you'd end up in Boston. It's the same mm. mileage. So why, why not just. Why not just play an international tournament If this is the way it's going to be What do you make of the time difference Barry I don't know if you heard last night's show We had um, the head of Scotland's high performance on Explaining that because they've crossed six time zones They've actually remained on UK time the whole trip So the alarm clocks have been pulled out They've got blackout blinds So in the morning they're eating breakfast When all the locals are eating their lunch or their dinner And therefore when the game kicks off at 9pm tomorrow It'll be 3pm here and they've stayed on UK time the, the whole week. That sounds a bit of a challenge, Barry. I, it does, I just, I, I don't understand. I, see, to me, that isn't football. That is, it's not a Euro, it's not truly a European competition, though, is it? Honestly, it's not, it's not, and regardless of what you say about politics and stuff like that, it, I don't think we should be going out there and playing. It should, it, I think it should be in zones. These European games, they should be in zones of where geographically you are. In the world, I mean, even going to Israel, you know, which technically isn't part of Europe, but we, we still get dragged into playing over there and stuff. I think we should be closer to home in Central Europe, and Central Europe has its own group, Eastern Europe has its own group, and, and, and we all work from that. I just, I, I find second halfway across Asia to play out a World Cup qualifier for a team that really aren't in Europe is absurd. But Barry, part of that is the. the the, the upside of that And remember Scotland were One of the ones really driving it A few years ago Was to make the European Championships 24 nations To give us a better chance of qualifying yeah. And it was driven partly by, by Our former um, chief executive the, 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 the late David Taylor Who was a good man um, So when you include Kazakhstan And Israel and those ones Then it gives you more nations Which which allows you to make the competition bigger So um, I, I kind of agree with you But the bottom is We need to go on There's a game there tomorrow night mm-hmm. Regardless where it is It's an official game It's a competitive game We need to go and win it And having Kazakhstan And other nations gives Actually gives us A better chance of qualification Alright thank you to Barry and Barhead We will leave that one there I think that will be The final call uh, Of the evening This is a, a, an interesting Talking point Not really for, for right now We don't have a, a great deal of time But Token Jester has said uh, Regarding the quiz The teaser that you're going on Did you see this recently The UK spending table From 99-2000 So from that era Just shows you you know The shift So Liverpool were top 36 million Chelsea 31 Rangers Right after that 31 million Shows you change days Above Man United Above Arsenal Above Tottenham Above some Man City We're spending half of what Celtic spent Back then And now look at The way things have turned around Anyway 
I digress To finish off tonight's teaser We're looking for the starting 11 The last time No the sorry When Rangers played St Johnson On the 4th of March 2000 Which was the first time A, a team had gone with no Scots In the starting 11 So you're doing pretty well You've got Kloss Reina, Vidmar Amoruso Newman Kinchelskis Tugai Wallace Rosenthal You've only got Two to get And I think you're going to nail them This could be the first I don't think you've got any wrong answers I'll go for the I'll go for the other centre mid Gio Van Bronckhorst Yes Okay Leaves a left mid Uh, I think We said Alberts It wasn't wasn't Alberts You didn't know You've not said him yet yet. Well I say George Alberts too easy It's too easy for you tonight Well done well, You've absolutely I nailed it I like that it. question Great error <laughs> Alan in Milton Sent that one in Full time at Clyde1.com To send the questions Very quickly then I'll take a wee score prediction Tomorrow Scotland in Kazakhstan Kazakhstan Nil Scotland 2 I like it 1-0 Scotland Good you two can come back Thank you Jim Duffy <laughs> And Mark Guidi For joining me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde1 Super Scoreboard Now remember Kazakhstan against Scotland Tomorrow kicks off At 3 o'clock UK time so it will be finished by the time we come on here at 6 and we're going to be looking for all of your post-match reaction in the company of Gordon DL and Mark Wilson. We look forward to that. Callum Gallagher is up next, so stay where you are. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com.